Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Wednesday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes every Sunday for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 59 of the Restoring Report podcast. Super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a show about keeping relationships central in a world of many distractions and prioritizing marriage and family as goals for young believers. I'm super excited for the episode uh, today, guys. I just got back from vacation this past, actually just yesterday. Um, we went to Palm, Panama City for uh, about a week. Super fun time. Uh, just my family. We ran into some uh, family friends there, which was fun, but it was a great time of uh, relaxing and unwinding. But for you guys, you didn't even know I was gone because the uh, we I went ahead and before I left, I scheduled the episodes so that they would come out on the days that they were supposed to. So I'm super excited to be back recording for you guys today, though. Today, I'm going to be reacting to YouTube dating advice, and I'm going to try to keep it broad. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to react to some Christian dating advice. I'm going to react to some dating advice, perhaps from the scientific perspective. I'm going to react to some dating advice from the secular perspective. I'm going to give you my thoughts on all of them. Uh, I'll include the links to each of the authors and speakers in the show notes of the episode if you would like to check their work out. But this is going to be super fun, and I'm not going to get into the validity of these sources. I'm just reacting to people giving their opinion online. I don't know if these people are experts. I really honestly don't care. I'm just going to react to them. I might laugh at them. I might agree with them. You never know why it might come out, but you're getting my first impression. I've never watched any of these videos. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is going to be super fun. As you can tell, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. So let's see. We've got five dating advice tips or five dating tips by pastor Stephen Furtick. For those of you who don't know who that is, uh, this is going to be the Christian dating advice. He is a very common, I see him on social media all the time. I don't know if I follow him or not. I can't remember, um, but I've seen him on social media all the time. So it's going to be fun. Let's go ahead and get into it. <clears throat> a lot of people think that happiness in relationships is finding the right person. If I could find the right person with the right personality, with the right looks, with the right gifts, I'd be happy. I'd be content. I'd be complete. Okay, I'm just going to stop in there real quick and say that 
this idea here. He says, a lot of people think that happiness in relationships is finding the right person. If I could find the right person with the right personality, with the right looks, with the right gifts, I'd be happy. And I would actually change that. I don't think that's true. And I don't think he thinks that's true either. But I wouldn't go, I wouldn't say what I, I know he's going to say in the next couple sentences here because I've heard this dating advice a lot. And basically what he's probably going to say is he's going to be like, if you're relying on another person to make you happy, you're always going to be disappointed. The only one you can rely on is God. And that's what he's going to say in this next sentence. And here's what here's how I would respond to the the idea that uh, you have to find somebody to make you happy. I would say that if you have to, you are in order to be happy, ultimately, in order to walk in the way that God has designed you to live, you pr- are probably set up to be happy with another person. You're probably not going to be happy living by yourself. Um, at least it would be more difficult that way because I would say God has not designed most people to operate that way. So that, that, that's probably true in the sense that you are designed to live with someone. It, while happiness, and, but I'm not discounting personal responsibility for happiness because happiness is an inside job and you are ultimately the one responsible for your happiness. You have the power to choose joy. Um, and choose roads that lead to happiness. But one of those roads, I would say, is actually a committed relationship, namely marriage, for most people. So if you are choosing to go against that road, don't expect to be super happy. Because, again, that road is something that God has designed most people to go on. So when you don't go in line with what God has designed you for, there, I would say there's obviously going to be consequences. And one of those consequences, I would say, is not living as full of a life as you would if you would uh, choose the road of marriage that God made you for. So, um, you know, oftentimes in Christian circles, especially, I think we just we have they, they are addressing people who are considered desperate. Uh, and they're saying, basically, you shouldn't rely on anybody else to make you happy. When, when in reality, what they should say is that uncomfort, that discomfort that you're feeling right now and you're single in this season of singleness for you is designed to incentivize you to pursue something else, to push you towards personal growth so that you can have something to offer another spouse when that spouse comes. And instead, what they often say is, um, you should enjoy your single season of singleness. Uh, don't be rushed to get married. You're never, you think you're going to be happy if you get somebody, but you're really not all these things that really aren't necessarily true. And I, I think, honestly guys christian dating advice today is it's it's honestly hysterical to me because they say the same thing over and over and over and honestly i don't think it works honestly i think it's trash advice if you're asking most of the time this is the case um and again i would say i think what happens often happens in christian dating advice is they discount marriage they discount uh, finding somebody as something that will make you happy lead to a life of fullness leave lead to opportunities for you to serve another person i think they discount all that and they make it just an option. They make it just an option instead of something that most people are intended for. So I think that what he's going to say here is he's going to start making it, putting this responsibility back on this individual instead of uh, having them look for happiness elsewhere, which is good. But I would again say that you are intended for a relationship with a woman if you're a man and a man if you're a woman. So I, I wouldn't say that you can just say, I can just choose to be happy and I'll just live without that forever and be fine. Again, I would say that's horrible advice, but let's keep going here and see what he says. Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings. Okay, so lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs five 
$5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. But until you are the right one, you can even turn somebody who would have been a great partner for you into the wrong one because you're not ready. Whenever you enter into any relationship, you bring your own dysfunction to that equation. And I think that the view that we have of dating based on all the shows that we have out right now and all the different things that culture presents is that you have these two half people who come together and make a whole person. But if you're only half a person when you come into a marriage relationship, for instance, and you come together with another half person, you're not going to complete each other. There will be not a... Okay, I'm going to disagree with him here again. I, this is a, this is very uh, common Christian dating advice, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Stephen Furtick here. I think he's a great guy. Obviously, uh, he's doing a lot of amazing things that I could... Uh, he's um, he's serving in ways that I can only dream of serving right now. So I would I, I definitely admire him, but I'm, I'm definitely going to hard disagree with what he's saying here. He's saying that you should be a whole person before you come to the relationship, and I agree with what he's saying in the sense of you shouldn't have... You should be, you should be developed. You should have worked on yourself. You should not be having these immature problems and... Uh, dysfunctional issues that you're going to drag into another person's life. But I think the idea of being completely autonomous and independent and self-sufficient um, without another person and being a whole person is is completely flawed. You guys, uh, when, when God made man, he ripped half of us out. <laughs> when God made Adam in the beginning, in the story of Genesis, and again, I'm talking to you, uh, people who are from a Christian perspective here. Obviously, this is a show for young believers who are pursuing the goal of marriage and family, so I'm going to talk to you guys here. When God had created man, he tore half of you out, and I would argue that a really a whole being, a whole human, a whole person is male and female. Now, we can have individuals. That's true. Everybody has individuals. Individual rights is a thing, but I'm saying that if you want to be a whole person, you need the whole package, male and female. Um, and I would definitely disagree with this guy here. He's, he seems to be suggesting that uh, everybody is completely self-sufficient, uh, independent, completely autonomous. Um, they don't really need each other. They're complete without each other and that they're just kind of icing on the cake if they find each other. That is not a good way to look at the world. That is not a good way to look at um, the way God designed the universe to work because what it does is it isolates you. It makes you it not prideful, but it makes you feel uh, complete and it ruins internal it, it ruins interdependence it, it removes your ability to actually depend on someone else god did not design us to be uh independent from need from either himself or other people we're very as humans we are innately biologically physically emotionally wired to need other people and god okay so i would definitely disagree with me but let's keep going and see what he says coming together but a tearing apart it won't be like half a person, half a person come together and complete one another. It's like these two half people are trying to get from each other a completeness that you can really only get from Christ. And so the more they try to pull... And did you hear what the, he said there? He kind of made a dichotomy of if you're yearning for a relationship with somebody, you're you're kind of looking for the wrong thing. You should be completely dependent on Christ. Again, that's a horrible... Um, I would say I, I wouldn't disagree with him again here. I'm not... I, I, horrible is a strong word. I'm going to disagree with him here. 
I don't think that yearning for a relationship with a woman makes you not dependent on Christ at all. And I know I don't think he would say that either. But when we say things like this in Christendom over and over and over, and this that, that's a very standard thing to say whenever whenever a young person comes to an older individual expressing an interest, a, a drive, a desire to find a spouse, often they're met with the advice of you just need to be happy where you are. You just need to be happy um, doing what you just love this season, just love this time. You are perfect. You are absolutely uh, in a great spot right now you don't need a man that that's a very common thing for christians to say to each other and they're like just rely on christ just don't even worry about that that's awful advice i'm sorry relying on christ ultimately is our ultimate purpose i would never call into question that but i'm saying having the desire for a relationship is not you know severing your reliance on christ at all it's actually fulfilling a need that christ designed you with um so I just don't understand that argument, but let's keep going. Pull out of someone else what only God can give them, the more they're going to destroy the relationship, the more they're going to be looking to that person to provide words or actions or even provide a sense of security that only God can provide. I can't. That goes back to the God spot thing. That's a common idea in Christian circles, too, today of having somebody in your God spot, quote unquote. Um, and I, I definitely agree that nobody can actually fill the God spot. And if there's a God spot, I actually think that God would like to be in every spot of your life instead of just the biggest one or the number one spot. But I would ultimately never say, I would ultimately say that is true in a sense, uh, for sure that God, that no human can ever uh, fill the God spot, nor should they. You should never have somebody at the level of God. But I also think that oftentimes that advice is given to people who really should prioritize their spouse more than they do who should prioritize their girlfriend or boyfriend more than they do, who should prioritize finding a marriage and a family more than they do. And, and here we are telling them, don't put that in your God spot, when really what we need to be telling them is, hey, you need to be looking for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need to be just putting that on the back burner and pursuing your career instead. You need to be actively pursuing, actively involved, actively engaged in finding a spouse and being able to graft a healthy family. And instead, we're saying, don't put that in your God spot over and over. And it's like, I don't think that's the issue. We have less than half of American adults today, ages 18 and older, less than half of them are married. And we have fewer marriages happening today than ever before. And you think that's a, a, that we're putting our spouse in our God spot? I'm sorry, what? Uh, so I definitely disagree with this guy here. But let's keep going and see what he says. Dating should be preparation for marriage. But the way that we do it a lot of times in our culture is more of a preparation for divorce. And my feeling is that dating is very precarious, meaning dating is dangerous because you're putting yourself in a position where emotionally, in some cases physically and even spiritually, you're connecting to another person. That is very true. Dating is very dangerous, but I don't think that ideally I would like to say that dating shouldn't even be a thing. It should be once you've actually um, gotten to know a woman or a man and you've expressed the interest and that interest has been reciprocated, that at that point you should be basically engaged and move towards marriage. Um, because once again, once you enter that, there is emotional vulnerability. There is the potential for heartbreak if somebody changes their mind. So when you have that engagement, that that committed relationship dating towards the end goal of marriage, then that's less likely to happen as long as both people express that up front. Um, whereas the casual dating where, where one person is more invested than the other, that's when hearts get broken is what I would say. But yeah, he's for sure right there. But yet there's a certain amount of separation that God commands that we're not to be joined together until the point of marriage, both sexually, our hearts to one another, 
So the thing that makes dating so dangerous is how do I get close to someone on that level and maintain the right separation? And most people can't do it. We kind of need to recalibrate ourselves. Well, again, I would say that's not necessarily that most people can't do it. I would say that maybe we're, we're approaching dating wrong. <laughs> you know, if we're, if we're approaching dating recreationally or uh, as just a means of having fun or a casual uh, hookup culture or uh, even less so for Christianity, it's not often about hookup culture. For Christianity, it's just like casually seeing if it works out. You know, like, uh, I'm going to hang out with this person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of like them. Now let's start a relationship. Let's start a relationship that we say is committed and we're actually moving towards the goal of marriage when really we're still seeing if it works out. And when one person is doing that, that's when the relationship is headed for a train wreck. That's when things are not going to work out and one person is going to get absolutely crushed. So I would say here that uh, we just need to re take a better look at what we actually, how we're approaching dating and make it more serious than it actually is and make sure that everybody understands that before entering. And that's, that's why I should, ideally, you shouldn't be dating a ton of people. Because if you're dating a ton of people, that's showing that you are entering into this pursuit towards marriage with a ton of people. And for some reason, it's not working out, which I would say is a big red flag, either on your end or the person ending it over and over. So, guys, I would definitely say, and I'm not, oh, don't get me wrong. I am not saying we should pursue uh, dating less. Absolutely not. I'm saying the amount of relationships we're entering should be fewer than it actually is. Uh, because when we are dating all these people over and over and over, we're really lowering the importance. We're lowering the value of dating. When you start a relationship, it should be a big deal. It should be a big deal. It's like, it's like, I, I like to think of it as not an engagement, but an engage, you're working towards an engagement. It's not like, we'll see if we get married. It's like, we're working up to that point. You might not be ready for it, uh, for an engagement to actually pop the question and drop a ring on date two. But once you've entered a relationship, once you've defined that as a committed relationship and you've uh, set some boundaries and communicated things and actually said we're dating now, again, that should be serious, guys. That's not something you can just go back on and expect nothing to go wrong. You should never enter that if you don't think you can actually follow through. You should never enter a dating relationship, a committed relationship, if you don't think, if you think your mind's going to change, if you think there's something about that person you don't like enough to marry for the rest of your life that you see already, like, those are major red flags to not even start dating, Okay. But let's keep going and see what he says. See that although there can be benefits and blessings from dating, usually the dangers outweigh the benefits. And so we have to proceed very cautiously. I don't want you to hear this and say, well, I could never live up to that. This isn't for me. This is for some super Christian. I'm just trying to give you a new way to think about it that won't take this haphazardly because I would rather say this to you now as a warning than for you to have to experience it in years to come as a regret. That way, people around you can help you begin to process these things at a deeper level. But a lot of times, we build up all the wrong criteria as being the most important, and we get out of priority. So it's fine to have some things that you have as preferences, but don't let them be the priority. Let the priority be, for a woman, how can I follow this man if he's not first submitted to follow Christ? Because realize that when you get into a marriage with someone, you join with them. I wouldn't want to date anybody that I wouldn't want to marry. Why would you? That's good. I wouldn't want to date anybody that I wouldn't want to marry. Think about that for a second. Date the kind of person that you wouldn't have any interest in marriage. Where is this ending? It's not ending anywhere good. Bang. That was super good right there. Think about that whenever you're about to enter a relationship. What is this person the person that I want to marry? And if it's not, why in the heck am I even dating them? <laughs> you know, why in the heck am I even dating them? And even, I would say, even if you're like, is this a person I maybe want to marry? Don't actually enter the relationship until you think they are. Until you're fairly sure they are, guys. 
Like this whole like entering dating relationships just to see if they're the one God has just to experiment and casually find out if it's going to work out. That's such a powerless, foolish, childish, immature way to go into a relationship, guys. We do not want to do that as young as young believers, guys. Let's keep going now. Therefore, I would say you want to date people not only with character, you definitely want there to be some kind of chemistry. You want to make sure that their background and your background is not so different that you're going to be torn by different values. That doesn't mean that you can't marry or date someone that's very different from you in certain personality ways. What I would say is... And he also pointed out there the importance of chemistry being attracted to somebody. I would say that's a very good thing. I would say there definitely needs to be some attraction there. If you're just marrying somebody who's similar in values to you that you're really not attracted to and you're entering this relationship with them, why would you do that? And again, here, I would draw a distinction between going on dates and actually entering a relationship, guys, because I go on dates like a lot. It's not a big deal. That's actually getting to know people, going out and actually uh, discovering what they're like, discovering their interests, discovering what their worldview is, seeing if you're attracted to them, that kind of thing. It's when you enter a relationship and you say, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now, that's when I have serious problems if you're not actually serious about it. If you're not actually super serious At that point, I think you're making a huge mistake because both people have to be serious in order for nobody to get their heart broken or to minimize the possibility that somebody will get their heart broken. Um, So I I like that he pointed that and threw that in there. So important is that if they're not the kind of person that I would want to spend the rest of my life joined to, why would I want to spend this crucial part of my life joined to them? Because they're going to lead me off the path and ultimately put me in a wrong direction. Is there a point to this relationship? I'm not saying there never is, but I would say most of the time, the motivation behind the relationship is a security or belonging or a sense of social status, or in the case of males a lot of times, it can just be a physical sex drive thing that we feel like we're trying to meet a need outside of the context of what God, how God wants to meet it. And interesting there that he points this this out. I think a lot of Christians trap themselves into a box here because he says here that a lot of times dating is just meeting a physical sex drive thing for males uh, instead of trying to meet it in the context of how God wants them to meet it. But they don't really provide a solution for that. So here's a problem I have a lot of with Christian dating advice. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sexuality is a good thing. It's designed to be met in the way that God intended. Yep, I 100% agree. So once you start having that, don't wait 10 years after you have it to start, to get married. That makes no logical sense. You're setting yourself up for failure, setting yourself up for disappointment, temptation, uh, over and over and over again for 10 years of your life. But again, this guy would probably not advocate young marriage. So I think Christians back themselves into a corner uh, when they're talking about this kind of thing. They really don't understand the the what they're saying in the sense of they don't understand the consequences of what these people are going to go through if they take this advice. You know, so if like he's he's saying here that you are only intended to meet uh, your sex drive through a marriage, I agree 100%. So let's get married. And he's like, well, no, no, don't be in a rush. Just don't even worry about it. Just it'll maybe happen in the future. Uh, Just don't, you know, you have you get do get married in your 30s. That that that's good. No, that's stupid. That's that's battling your sex drive for 15 years. You know, uh, to quote J.R.R. Tolkien, there are some battles from which a man must flee. And that is one of them, guys. You do not intentionally take a battle with a drive that God gave you for 15 years of your life. That's stupid. That's setting yourself up to make stupid decisions. You should be pursuing the goal of marriage, and you should be doing it quick if you have a drive. That's the nature of sin. It's meeting a God-given desire, but it's meeting it in a way outside of God's intended design. 
I'm going to say that again a little bit differently. Sin happens when I try to meet or fill a God-given desire outside of God's intended design. And there's nowhere this shows up more than in dating and relationships. The desire to be with somebody, that's a good desire. God said when he made Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. It's one of the first things that God said. I love that he pointed that out there because I think that's something that's often swept to the back burner in mainstream Christianity. We're often like, oh, yeah, I get that you want to get married. That's just like a physical thing. Uh, you just need to calm down and just trust in Jesus right now. Just he has got you. Just lean into him. And I'm like, bro, this this individual is leaning into Jesus. And that's one of the reasons they're wanting to get married. <laughs> you know, he, they're leaning into the design God has for them. And you're saying, oh, just just forget about that. It's no big deal. If you lean into Jesus, all your desires will go away. That is so not true. God designed you with desires that he intended you to pursue, and you should go for those. So I really react to it when Christians say, you know, or even suggest superficially underneath the surface that we should somehow be relying on God more when we want to get married. That's just a horrible worldview. God designed you to want to get married. He designed singleness to be a very thorny and uncomfortable seat to reveal to you your need for another person. Okay, so it's a good thing that you're feeling that now go now pursue becoming a spouse that will benefit somebody pursue becoming a, a, a generous beneficial benevolent person for your spouse and then pursue finding one, you know, pursue finding one. Go for it, man. Go for it, woman. <laughs> but let's keep going here. So it's a good desire to want to have someone belong to someone. But if the devil can get you so focused on trying to fulfill that desire outside of its time. He can get you hooking up to the wrong people in the wrong ways at the wrong level at the wrong time. Right here, though, see, I'm kind of wondering what he's suggesting here. He says when we try to fill that desire outside of its time, what does he mean by outside of its time? I would argue that most people who are experiencing the urges to uh, find a connection with a spouse, get married, that's the right time because those 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 urges that 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 thorny seat of singleness is revealing to them their need for something greater. So that that that's the time when you should be pursuing it. Like we have this idea that you can begin desiring, you know, a relationship with somebody at, at, a, at an inter- incorrect time. But I would say even young children, when they start having those urges. Now, I would say there is time of developing yourself, learning restraint, learning how to understand commitment um, when you're younger. So like 14, 15, maybe that's what that looks like learning that. But guys, when you get like into the late teen years, definitely before you're 20, uh, you're going to probably have started if you, if I would say the average person, well, today it's different, but used to the average person would have been yearning for that. And that's a good thing. That's the right time. That is the right time. When you start having that and then you're like, oh, it's not the right time, but you still have the consequences. of the, It's like having a boulder pushing you down a hill towards something and God made the boulder and you're like, oh, I still think it's this time. This is the wrong time. I, I don't need to enter the water yet. It's pushing me towards the water, but I'm just going to fight it. For years, I'm going to extend the process. It's like, eh, no, that's not really the way God made it. So, sorry. Let's keep going, though. Then he can get you off course. I'm just telling you that it's so much less complicated the more that you put certain things off limits and say, we're going to build our lives and our relationship on something that's much deeper than something that's just physical and instinctive. Because so often, we can build on all of the wrong things in all of the wrong places. So when you put a boundary up, you say, we're not going to build our relationship on this sexual, physical thing because that is important, but it's not most important. What's most important is a connection that's deeper than that, values that we share, ways that we communicate. You want to know how to find the right person? 
set a value on yourself where you're not playing hard to get, but you actually are hard to get because you value what God has put inside of you and you're not just going to give it away cheaply. And I think that a lot of times what happens when we enter a relationship is we don't appropriately assess the value of the relationship or of where God wants to take our lives. And when you don't know the value of something, you don't tend to protect it to the level that you should. That's a really good statement there. I like that he's going to kind of wrap up this video with that. He says, when you don't know the value of something, you don't tend to protect it to the level that you should. And he had just said that we don't appropriately assess the value of the relationship that they were entering. Guys, that's, that's super profound. When you are entering a relationship with somebody, that is very sacred. And I'm not just talking about marriage. When you cross that line into a relationship with a woman or a man, uh, working towards the goal of marriage, that's serious, guys. It's not something you just play around with. And I don't think we understand that in, in this culture. That's a very serious thing. And it's a thing you should be pursuing. I'm not saying don't pursue it at all. I'm just saying be aware of what you're entering. It's not a joke. It's not something to just see if it works out. It's not an experiment. It's something very sacred and important that I think we need to understand. So let's keep going, though. He's about to finish here. Hey, thank you. Actually, that's the end of the video. So that was really good. Um, I, I would agree with uh, I, like a ton of the stuff he said in there. I actually thought I was going to disagree with him more because mo I'm going to be honest with you guys. Most of the Christian dating advice I hear today absolutely sucks so bad. Like it's it's unreal how bad a lot of the dating advice I'm hearing come out of uh churches and stuff is it's just like what in the world and it's all the same it's like the same idea repeated over and over it's like it somehow gained traction and steam and it really doesn't work at all so i'm just like how in the world uh did that did that happen but anyway i this video had actually a lot of good stuff in it that i'm super pleased with and um, i'm super excited to do the scientific one next and also the um secular one because i think you know you, you there are different kinds of uh, dating advice videos you'll have it kind of falls into three categories is what i've noticed you'll have the christian dating advice that is specifically talking about how young young believers should date uh, in an ethical uh, religious moral sense um, in the way that God wouldn't want them to date. Um, and then you have the secular who is basically saying, how can you date and either a have the most fun or b not get hurt. And then you have the scientific who is talking about dating and like the, what to do on your first date, the chemistry of man and woman, how they interact kind of reveals you how they think about each other, those kind of videos. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, I'm excited to react to all three of them. I think it's going to be really fun, but let's go ahead and end this one today because we're at 30 minutes guys. And that's about our, that's usually how long we have our episodes. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I've loved making this so freaking much. It was absolutely so fun. I will keep doing these for you guys in the future for sure. We actually did a subscriber episode of a reacting, uh, a reaction video to YouTube videos on the one. Uh, we, I reacted to Esther Perel and Matt Chandler expressing their opinion on finding the one it was a super good video so if you guys are interested subscribe to the show it only costs 4.99 a month and you get access to twice the content okay so go back and listen to that after you subscribe once you subscribe it'll autumn all the episodes that are, are you are purchasing will immediately become available on your chosen podcast platform so you don't have to worry about 
um, you know, anything weird getting them or anything. As soon as you pay, you're going to have access to twice the content in addition to having access to all the content that I've made for subscribers in the past that you missed, okay? So that's definitely something you guys want to check out. Also, we are doing voice messages now. So if you guys are interested in sending in your questions, comments, your reaction to the videos that I'm doing, your opinion on my words, I love to hear that. It makes me feel connected with my audience. It gives me a chance to hear your guys' voice instead of you just hearing mine. So I'm super excited about that. Reach out. And again, to read the way to do that, there's a link to record a voice message and send it into the show. You could be featured on the podcast and it was a great opportunity for me to get to hear your voice. So guys, go ahead and do that today. Right now, just go ahead and go down there and click that link. Send me a recorded message. It can be anything. Question, comment, opinion, uh, thank you, just anything at all. What you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, just anything that you want to send at all. Um, I would love, love to hear from you. So thank you guys so much for listening, though, and we will talk to you guys next time.